Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast, an Iowa rugby podcast. I'm Mr. Gray. And I'm Philly V. And we are here in the Wombat Den studio on a very special Tuesday night. Very special. Yeah. Uh, let's just say we had a road match on Saturday in Dubuque. And I know I didn't get home till very late Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. And you can hear Phil still sounds like he's dying. Yeah. Uh, we, we partied a little hard after that. <laughs> yeah, I was very sore from the match. I've played three 80-minute matches in a row as yeah. prop. I'm My body hurts, and then, yeah. You're playing your best rugby right now. Uh, but I did my worst uh, at the casino. <laughs> did you? Yeah. I, I really apologize to the band uh, Tom's Top 8. Oh, I saw the video. Yeah, no, I kept <laughs> asking them to play songs by Brand New. And, you know, first time it was, like, funny, and then it wasn't. And then I just – I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. You deserved you, it, King. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for validating my very bad habit. Yeah. No, it was fun. It was fun. We'll get into our match later. But yeah, yeah and then it's kind of cool, too. We we have a very, like, uh, women's rugby-focused episode today. Yeah. Um, and we really intentionally did that because there's a lot of cool things. The Iowa High School Girls Rugby has one week left before playoffs. Uh, Iowa State women, they're coming off a bye. They have some cool things happening. Des Moines women's rugby, cool things cool happening. Stuff, yeah. So, yeah, we wanted to take a look at that and just, uh, you know, see what I've, all the women's programs are kind of up to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but we got to mention, too, this episode is brought to you by the oh, premier. Let me epoxy. check my, yeah, let me check my notes. Who? Rotor epoxy. That's Rotor epoxy. Not. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. No, Rotor epoxy. Love them. Uh, the premier. Paramount, top of the line, elite, world class, uh, concrete epoxy company. They're local. They're ran by two brothers, uh, the Rotors, and they do great work. Yeah, they do. I, uh, I just you know, Rotors been sending way more snaps about uh, the floors that they're doing and stuff. God, they look nice. So business is booming. Was, yeah, it must be. Well, and he was just talking to uh, on our way back after our match Saturday mm-hmm. that he had to go like check out like three different jobs too on his way back to Des Moines. So it's like, that is really cool. So he drove to Dubuque for rugby and then on the way home, it was a business trip. And on the way home, just like, Oh, I'll stop here. stop here. But no. And the reason why, I mean, they do good work and you follow them on Facebook, you see the social media posts. It's beautiful. And they can completely change a space, whether it's a a workshop, a workspace, an office space, or a, a man cave, a bar, a garage, what whatever you need, it just gives it that pop. It's easy to clean, and it gives it more life, and it increases the value. It just, it's good. So give them a call. Give them a shout. Look them up. R-O-D-E-R, epoxy, rotor epoxy, good dudes. Best dudes. Best dudes. And best epoxy. So let's jump into the Iowa Youth Rugby Association Girls High School League. Week four just finished on Monday night. Uh, there was two locations, and there's only five weeks in the yeah, season. The regular season, yep. So week four just finished, and we've got some interesting results. Um, the first one, Valley High School hosted. They had uh, first match, Ankeny defeated Cedar Rapids, Washington, 28-10. Norwalk defeated Valley 12-10 in a nail-biter. Ooh. Ankeny defeats Fort Dodge 38-0. And then Cedar Rapids defeats Valley 20-17. to 
And then Fort Dodge and Norwalk tie 17-17. And that result is very crucial, and we'll get into that in the standings here in just a little bit. Then up in Waverly, we talked to the coaches from Waverly last week. We told them, you know, they had some big matches that we were going to keep an eye on. Mm -hmm. So Cedar Falls defeats Indianola 45-0. Waverly defeats Roosevelt 52-0. Southeast Polk defeats Central Springs 38-0. Cedar Falls defeats Roosevelt 66-0. Southeast Polk defeats Indianola 15-12. Ooh, that was pretty close. Very close one in that match. And then Waverly Shellrock defeats Central Springs, that brand new program, 10-5. Wow. I talked to Coach Casey Hansen a little bit, and he said they barely had the ball. It was one of those things where it was very cold, and Central Springs had the time of possession by far, and – you know, when you don't have the ball, it's hard to score. But Waverly comes out two tries to one. Uh, Central Springs, a brand new program going toe to toe with the host. Yeah, that's good for that. Wow. Good. Yeah. Great, great night of rugby there. So really cool results. And like I said, the standings as we go into this playoff push, <clears throat> the top eight teams will make the state championship tournament. Mm-hmm. I-, I do believe I may be wrong. I hope I'm not. I'm pretty sure it is. We talked to the Norwalk coach here. Yeah, it is. So we have at the top of the table, Waverly Shellrock at 8-0, Cedar Falls at 7-1, Southeast Polk 7-1. And And when you look at those three teams, I mean, those are the top three. Yeah. You know, those those are... anybody's game there. (laughs) Yeah. And those are the old standbys. You know what you're getting. Great coaches, great numbers, great programs. They have great tradition. Um, No surprises there. Yeah. Then Ankeny and Central Springs are both five and three. They're kind of that second tier where they go toe to toe with those programs. Mm-hmm. They just they haven't pulled the trigger to to come out on top. Yeah. Uh, at Central Springs again, so close to th- like that's a tough night. Your first year program, yeah. Southeast Polk and Waverly in the same night, and to only lose by a try, like that's uh, that's nothing to hang your head on. That's awesome. I mean, going into playoffs, anything can happen in mm-hmm. sevens. Uh, they probably feel like they have a good plan, make a few adjustments. Really cool to see that they're they're nipping at their tails. Then in that next tier, we have Indianola at four and four, Cedar Rapids, Washington at three and five. And then here's where it gets interesting because that was the top seven teams. Yep. We have four teams that are fighting for that eighth spot, that final spot for the state tournament. Fort Dodge is one, five, and two. Roosevelt and Norwalk are both 1-6-1. and one. So the fact that Fort Dodge has two ties might be the difference of why they get into the right. playoffs over another team. And then Valley is at 0-8-0. But again, mathematically, they're not out of it. Anything could happen. If they get to two wins before the other clubs do, you know, who yeah, knows? Like at that eight spot then, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, really interesting. And it's really cool, too, because we're going to talk to the head coach, Amanda Sangbush of Norwalk, and just how important it is for, you know, these clubs are at different levels, they're at different spots, but that eighth final spot in the tournament is so huge to these programs. And it makes every single week very important. These clubs are working to get better every single week. And they are, everybody still has a chance to make playoffs up until this last week. You know, we've seen it in like the men's D2. There was teams who, and we've seen it in men's D3 in years past where only one team makes playoffs. 
after like the second week, teams know, oh, I'm already eliminated. Yeah, and then the numbers start to drop off and all that fun stuff. Yeah, people yeah. pack it in and they're done. The fact that everybody is alive until the end of the year, it's amazing because it keeps everybody engaged. Mm-hmm. Everybody's getting better because there's girls on every single team that are probably going to play at the college level. You know, you, you're not shutting it down because it's like, oh, we're out, you know, and that's cool to see. And just looking real quick for next week, some of the matches I'm really going to be looking forward to. Um, I think Ankeny versus Central Springs, that's going to separate them. They're both five and three. Mm-hmm. Who gets that win? Uh, then we also have Norwalk versus Cedar Rapids, Washington. That's going to be a huge match for Norwalk. Yep. Uh, Cedar Rapids. I think they're guaranteed in with their two wins already. Mm-hmm. And then Ankeny Cedar Falls again, Ankeny right on that edge of that, like top tier. They're right there. Indianola and Valley will be important for Valley. And then Indianola trying to improve their seating. And then Indianola Fort Dodge. That's going to be huge. Yep. If Fort Dodge wants to hang on to that eighth spot and then Valley versus Roosevelt, uh, you know, Roosevelt looking to get that win over Valley to try to get that second win. And then Waverly Shell Rock versus Southeast Polk. Could it be a preview of the state championship? Could it be a preview of the semifinal? I, I definitely think it won't be the last time these teams play. Yeah. Just don't know what point in playoffs. Um, two historically great programs, great coaches. Next week is going to be full of action. Those, those four teams fighting for that eighth spot. Very interesting. All the other teams trying to fight for the better seeding in the tournament. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, really curious to see how it all shapes out. And yeah, we'll have to try to maybe catch that state tournament too. Yeah, and also too, uh, half of these matches are going to take place at Roosevelt High School in Des Moines next Monday. Oh. The other half are going to be at Central Springs up in Nora Springs. So uh, get out, watch some rugby. And I think we should talk to the head coach from Norwalk. Yeah. Let's get her on the line. All right. All right. And now we have Amanda Sangbush, the head coach of the Norwalk girls rugby team. Amanda, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. So we're recording on a Tuesday because as we're getting to this final push for the playoffs, uh, we noticed that there's some really cool things happening in the girls league. Now that there's only one regular season week left, uh, looked like Norwalk had a pretty good night last night. Yeah, we did. We did. We won our first. Um, we won our first game of the season. Girls really showed up and showed out. We were pushing hard in practice to get ready for the week, and and they they showed up. They understood exactly what we were asking of them, and they delivered. And then we came up with a tie against Fort Dodge, which was also phenomenal um, for a really young team this year. So it was also our first our first game of having the entire 10 back from injuries. So we've had, we've had quite a interesting season. So it was great. Oh yeah. And you say too, you know, you're a young team, uh, 10 girls on the roster, and then you were dealing with some injuries. So those girls were having to play. Many of the girls had to play the full 14 minutes and kind of trial by fire there. So um, like, how was that after that first victory to get them kind of calmed down for that next match against Fort Dodge? (laughs) We didn't calm them down. <laughs> we kept them hyped up. I mean, as as hyped up as you can be when mm-hmm. it's like almost 32 degrees outside. True. Um, playing rugby and most of them decided that they were tough and were not wearing leggings. So 
Yeah, it was it was cold, but they had fun. We have two seniors on our team, so they have experienced what it is to win with our club before. But mm-hmm. everybody else is a brand new player, so this mm-hmm. was their first time um, getting a win on a pitch. And like, I mean, for anybody who's played rugby, you know that's like a whole different feeling, and it changes your whole relationship with the game when you not only score but you win and are when like the win we had was really really close and obviously a tie like those are tough fought matches so definitely especially in sevens you know anything can go anyway a 12 to 10 victory to hold on low scoring like you said it was freezing out last night and to pull through I mean it kind of shows too you you have this plan and the girls follow this plan the practice plan like throughout this season and to have that pay off at this point and like we said earlier you know this year is really cool because there's 12 teams in the league. Eight teams are going to make that championship bracket. And then the other teams that will be uh, left out will be like in a consolation bracket. And there's like a four-team race for that final eighth spot. And to get that win and that tie at this point, I mean, that's that's huge for your club going into the last week. Is that been one of your girls' main goals of the season? 100%. Going into this week, um, it, we made it incredibly clear if the girls have any chance of playing in state, they had to win both games or not lose, right? Mm-hmm. They had to not lose both games. So um, we try to have fun, um, you know, grow our sport, grow our skills, especially with a young team. We try to not put too much pressure on the score at the end of the game. We try to focus more on what our personal goals are mm-hmm. and, you know, meeting those and exceeding them. But going into yesterday, it was 100% we have to win. Definitely. And that's and, and they stepped up. Yeah, definitely. Because, again, you look at this. So Fort Dodge is currently in eighth place. And the reason why is because they have two ties and one win. And then Norwalk and Roosevelt both have one win and one tie. And then Valley, no wins and no ties. But still, anything could happen. Sevens is a crazy sport. Uh, your team has, uh, it'll be a tough match against Cedar Falls, but then you also have Cedar Rapids, Washington. That's at that seven seed. So that's going to be a huge game uh, with playoff implications. What's the plan going into this week and the message you'll be, you know, giving the girls? Yeah, a massive week for us next week. Um, our goal, I mean, obviously Cedar Falls is powerhouse. So whenever we go against a, a team like that, we set goals for our team and what we want from them. And it's never what's going to be on the final scoreboard. So our goal definitely going into that game is, oh, as always, um, have fun, support your teammates and no season ending injuries. Mm-hmm. Like play smart. Yep. Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and, but when we go into that Cedar um, Rapids, Washington game, like we know it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be an incredibly amazing game for both of us to both teams to um, end our regular season on, mm-hmm. um, nobody's going to get blown out. Like it's it's going to be a well fought, um, intense game because really at the end of the day that that eight seat is on the table mm-hmm. and everybody wants it. So I think it's going to be great. Yeah, no, I I just love how everything's working out because I'm sure you know other people might look at leagues and like you know that's what two-thirds of the league makes playoff, but it makes every match meaningful down to this last week. And it just, you can see that growth from week to week. And like you said, you keep making those personal goals, those team goals. Every club in the state is in a different spot. But the main thing is, you know, 
getting the girls the good experience and to fall in love with the sport. I think that's something um, over the years watching, like you as a coach at Norwalk, you see like Hannah Roth up at UNI. She was from Norwalk. All seven. All seven. All seven of our girls that graduated last year went on to play and they all decided to go to UNI and they're all <laughs> playing together. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, I was no just... Cat. We have a 100% <laughs> success rate. I mean, I, I don't want to like brag too much yeah. because it's all it's all them at the end of the day but it just shows how much they love the sport and how much like you get that community yep um with it and they they wanted to stay together and they did that's amazing no brag away because yeah. I, I think honestly that's as a coach i mean of course you want to win and you want to see your players have that success but to see the continued love of the sport and to stick with it and then also they want to keep that community and that culture. And I remember too, when I was coaching Roosevelt and our girls would play JV together, um, like we do a combo team or we'd like do like some practices together. They just, everybody was vibing well and everyone was positive and just everyone was trying to teach each other, even though we knew we would play each other later in the year. And um, it's just awesome to see you've created that environment where girls just want to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They support each other. They have each other's backs on and off the field, which mm -hmm. It's, that's the best part about rugby. There's a place on the field for everyone. Um, so without rugby, there's I'm 100% sure our seven that went on, they wouldn't have even like known each other, Yeah. Um, even in a small school like Norwalk. So it's just, it's it's great and it's humbling. They all came back for our home tournament that we were able to host. Oh, in that's Norwalk. awesome. Um, and yeah, they all came back and supported our new team, our new young team, posters. They went all out. So yeah, we, nice. have, we have a great community um, in Norwalk. That's cool, too, to, like, see that culture of, like, you know, the girls came back and they're still yeah, very invested. Awesome. And and you said, too, you have two seniors. Are they both going to you and I? I don't know. I do not know yet. I would I would I actually think one of them is going to go to Co. Um, okay. So she'll be close. She'll be close. But <laughs> school is dictating a little bit more where she's going than oh, rugby. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Minor oh. details, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no, you're having an awesome season here. Like with a young team, it sounds like they're learning, they're growing each week. Um, and yeah, we'll be keeping an eye on next week's matchup yeah. with Cedar Rapids, especially because again, it just seems like that is going to be such an important match. And then the state tournament sounds like it's going to be at Southeast Polk um, on that next Saturday, right? Sunday. 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 Okay. Sunday. Perfect. Yeah, rugby in the morning, trick or treat in the evening. <laughs> Day. For people in central Iowa, when I lived in eastern Iowa, I learned that's only a central Iowa thing. Yeah, I didn't know because I'm around here like Beggar's Night. And then when my wife from Dubuque's like, what is Beggar's Night? I'm like, exactly. Yeah. Wait, so you guys don't typically do Sunday evening because northeast Iowa, they always did Sunday evenings. No, it's the, the, the city night council before. comes up with like a night that everyone agrees that's uh -oh. Beggar's Night. And then that's the night everyone does trick-or-treating. Yeah. 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 And then Eastern Iowa, it's just on Halloween. Yeah. That's, I lived in Iowa City. So, yeah, yeah, that's what they did in Dubuque, too. Like, my wife's like, no, you just do Halloween night. I'm like, what if it's on a Friday? Like, <laughs> what <laughs> about for football? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <of course. laughs> oh, yeah. Well, hey, thank you again for joining us. Good luck coming yeah. up. And uh, yeah, maybe since it's on Sunday, Phil and I are going to try to get to the girls' state tournament yeah. and That'd hopefully cool. we'll see you girls there. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for inviting us on. Yeah, definitely. No problem. Good luck. All right. Moving from the high school league into the college ranks, you know, I think we should start at UNI since seven Norwalk girls 
are at UNI. Yeah. How cool is that? I know. I had no idea. That's so awesome. That's kind of like how we started like the Wombats was we all played together at UNI. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of us played together at Bremer and it was like, let's keep this going. Yeah. I mean, well, there was like, yeah, seven, eight, nine of us. However, yeah. they're all UNI guys. Yeah. I originally. feel like, well, I think we have 13 now. Yeah. I, I think that's, I mean, honestly, Alec Lang always said it. He's like, it doesn't really matter the sport. It just so happens that rugby brought us all together. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, it it's the people. God, he's always so full of wise words. I want to get him on the show sometime. That would, that'd be awesome. We'll get him. So yeah, going to you and I, uh, you and I, they played Winona state. They won 64 to 17 in league play. That was mm-hmm. up in Winona, Minnesota. So big win for them. Big conference win. They're three and Oh, uh, good stuff. Their next match. They actually do not have a league match this Saturday. They are going to go to Charlotte, North Carolina to play against Queens, University Queens Whoa. is a varsity program. They did this last year too. Yeah. So Flan is uh, like I think friends with the coach and a former UNI rugby player, assistant coach down at Queens, Lynn Clear. I think how, that's yeah, how you I say, think so. Say yeah. your last name. Um, yeah. So that's really cool too that they have this. And again, that's kind of that testament to Megan Flanagan's uh, idea of. You know, we want to challenge our girls. We want to play the best of the best. And it, iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. So they're going to head over. And, like, how cool is that, too? You're in the middle of your fall semester, and you get to go to Charlotte, North Carolina. I know, right? That's so awesome. Yeah. Really cool stuff. So, again, hell, we have a bye week. You want to sit at home? No, no, no. We're going to go play varsity program because we want to be at yeah. that level. Even though we're not a varsity program, we want to play like a varsity program. Yeah, it's just going to make it better. That's that's a pretty good little trip, though. North Carolina, that's fairly far for a drive ain't it that is the real east coast yeah they have to go <laughs> past the mississippi yeah. another what 12 hours yeah, 15 God. i don't know Man. 20 i don't know that's far it is far we could look it up but we're not going to no. then moving over to the university of iowa they were also off this weekend but they are prepping because on October 22nd, they will be playing against Indiana University. And then they were supposed to play Notre Dame on October 15th, but they're going to play that on November 5th. So they have uh, a couple of huge matches. So Indiana on October 22nd, Notre Dame on November 5th. And also shout out to their head coach, Kathleen O'Neill. She got the award for the National Collegiate Rugby Coach of the Month. Oh, that's awesome. Hell yeah. Congrats to her. Yeah. Uh, Again, we talked to Katie Brandt, one of their players, a few weeks back. And I think that just kind of shows, like, people are taking notice of the Iowa Hawkeyes nationally. Yeah. And the work that that coach is putting in, the players are putting in, the what the players are doing. Um, Yeah, so congrats to her. And we'll be looking out to see. Because, again, Iowa, they're still ranked in the top ten. And, Yeah. They got the rest of their Big Ten schedule, Indiana, Notre Dame, big matches. We'll be keeping an eye on that. Then we move into the Iowa State women's program. Yeah. Yeah. They had a bye this week, so they had that heartbreaker loss so close back and forth to you and I. Uh, They dropped that 33-36, but they are motivated. Their eyes are on playoffs. They're proud of what they've done, but they're not done yet. We're going to talk here shortly with Maddie and Cash. Maddie and Cash. All right. They're team captains. Maddie and Cash. That sounds like that could be like a, like a buddy cop 
TV show on CBS, <laughs> it doesn't does, it? Yeah, like, a Peacock original. A Peacock original network series, Maddie and Cash. Two buddy cops. One plays by the rules, and one breaks all the rules. <laughs> and they're just they're just a couple of buddies. Uh, let's just get to the interview. <laughs> Sounds like a Rick and Morty, like uh, you know the was the interdimensional cable. Yeah, show. that's kind of where I was going with that. Where it's like. Two brothers. <laughs> yeah, can someone uh, make a cartoon of this? Uh, all right, here's Maddie and Cash. <laughs> Not the TV show, the interview. All right, and now we have the captains from Iowa State Women's Rugby. We have Cash and Maddie. How are you girls doing tonight? We're good. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you had the bye week this week. It's been a uh, pretty... Pretty great season so far. I like how your guys' schedule kind of lined up. You had two league matches. You have the bye in the middle to kind of reflect, take a look at things. And then you got two more league matches before playoffs. Um, so basically, Maddie, do you want to walk us through kind of how the first couple weeks have gone for the program? Yeah, so we were able to start off strong. We actually got a few preseason matches in. Um, so uh, University of South Dakota actually came down to us, and we spent a really rainy but really fun Saturday playing with them. Um, I don't even think we kept score, but it was just fun starting from different set plays and uh, mixing in with different combinations of people, so that was awesome. And then Super Saturday, really successful for us and we're really appreciative that we had both of those opportunities um i think that really really helped us we also started off um, with team camp before our season started that i think really helped a lot of our um underclassmen really get a hold of our culture and our goals but yeah our league matches we're pretty happy with them can't can't really say anything bad they provided us a good head start to what um we want to accomplish and now it really helped us navigate where we want to go next yeah definitely and like looking at the results you've had you have a mix of younger players and veteran players yep. uh, a good a good mix there and then again that first match against wisconsin looked like a lot of things were figured out things were rolling that match against you and i both programs in the top five nationally a huge matchup and it sounded like from everything we heard and everything we read it did not disappoint from a fan's perspective but obviously you know 33 36 you guys probably you know want a different outcome there but phil and i were talking we definitely think that there's a good chance that iowa state and you and i could see each other oh, yeah. again in the playoffs um how are you using this you know you you've had a great start to the season um, then you have that close match to you and I. Then you have the bye week. Cash, how are you using that to fuel the rest of the season? Um, okay, so, well, the United game, it was a heartbreak. Um, wasn't the results that we were expecting. But um, after reflecting upon that and seeing how the first half of our season has gone, we I think we're beginning to see where we can take this program and how we can finish it. And so we're really just kind of using the motivation from the first half to make sure that we finish the second half really strong and then um i don't know i think we just want to make a strong appearance in the playoffs definitely yeah. and can you explain um, too what the playoff structure looks like like uh is there an automatic bid an at-large bid what does that process look like because i remember last year uh iowa state qualified for playoffs yeah. and had to play um was it kent state or purdue uh there's a couple of matches in the snow in the sweet 16 or something like that uh maddie do you want to take that one um, 
Yeah, so we played, who did we play? We played uh, Purdue and we played Marquette, Marquette. last year. Mm. Yeah. Um, Marquette, really close, really close game. I think we missed by like two mm. points. Two points, yeah. Ooh. And then, um, so yeah, and then we fell to Purdue and I don't even know if we got scored on in that match. All I can remember is the snow in Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're looking to go to the playoffs. I believe we're going to have... Um, we have a chance at, like, an at-large bid. Yeah, I think we have a chance at an at-large bid. And then, I don't know, we're just... I think we're taking it step-by-step. Step. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to get to Texas, and that's that's all we got so far. I think at this point, too, um, we're just kind of appreciative of, like, how far we can take this and just... Mm-hmm want to go as far as we can yeah we've i mean we've already made history so far in our program so like anything else really is just a cherry on top for us well so the uh matches in texas though is that for the final four or is that elite eight or what would that be yeah yeah so um the elite eight i believe is going to be in st louis missouri and then the final four will be in uh houston texas i think yeah yeah okay nice and i feel like too i mean with the number nine ranking and then um Phil and I are looking ahead and like looking at the conference. I mean, we're going to say uh, we we have full faith. You're oh, going to yeah. finish out and win these next two matches. I mean, it'd um, be ridiculous if they want to get a at-large bid being ranked top 10 in the nation. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So definitely, I mean, we're, we're feeling pretty good for you about everything you've done and the resume. I mean, it speaks for itself. And, and then, you know, you and I in the top five or four still, and you, you played mm-hmm. them by three points. Um, you talked about too, you know, being proud and, of where this club is at. And the two of you have been with this club through a lot. So Cash, do you want to talk about just kind of some of the changes that you've seen from the first year you were with Iowa State and what things are like now? Yeah. Um, so I started um, halfway through the spring semester of 2019, but really didn't get a feel for it until the fall of 2019. Or yeah, 2019. Um, and I was a sophomore at that point. I didn't really know too much about the club. Um, The culture was nice. Everyone was, like, super friendly and inviting. Um, But I think we were pretty much coming in, like, towards the bottom of our brackets and conferences or kind of in the middle maybe in our um, Midwestern division. Um, But then COVID hit, and then we had a building year and trying to see what we could play, where we could go and where we could play. Um, and then I think like last year, we kind of just decided that we wanted to, um, really make something out of this program and we we could see the potential and how many people we could try and retain and the athleticism we had on the team. And so I think last year was like our first big like marker for showing how much we wanted to make Iowa State women's rugby a thing. And so this year is just kind of like our last go at it and just seeing how far we want to take it. Yeah, say that's awesome because like coming right off like I always forget like COVID was like two years ago and like nobody got a chance to play rugby and a lot of like clubs and teams you know kind of died off because of COVID and you guys thrived in it so that's really awesome to see yeah yeah and then also to use you know like you you're bringing in you're retaining players through COVID and then there's also players coming from the Iowa Youth High School League um, bringing in new people that are on campus. Uh, it just seems like, you know, the the numbers are growing and, you know, there's a large pool of players that Kelsey can select. Um, what would you say has been, um, Maddie, one of the things that brings players to Iowa State or helps people coming back every single day to be a part of this program? 
Yeah, I think we um, have really, especially these past two years, have found a really good balance of just being a fun group of girls who really love each other, but also having that competitiveness where everyone on the team does want to win, but we want to win together. So I think we've been able to, especially Cash and I, these past couple of um well, mostly last season, the beginning of this season, have really shifted that culture to where we are doing it for each other. And we notice um, everyone's commitment. We appreciate it. And then it just keeps coming back for more. And I think um, I think a lot of our underclassmen and our younger girls have really looked up to the older girls in the past, too. I can definitely say that for myself. And we just want to be that next leader. And so we just keep bringing in more and then then their leaders and then it's just a cycle that continues oh yeah kind of one of those things like the more you put into it the more you're getting out of it and it just kind of feeds itself over and over and it sounds like that's what you have and like you said too those those younger players you know really looking to you as leaders you know we've been told multiple times that there is a player on the iowa state roster who actually is earning the nickname um is it mini dunn Baby done. Baby done. Yeah. 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 And, uh, former Roosevelt player, Ivy Lawson. Oh, uh-huh. Selfish plug. Oh, yeah. No, I was her coach in high school, whatever. Yeah. Boy, we brought this up every episode. Um, <laughs> no. And basically, as captains, what would you say? Like, what are some things that you're doing, Cash, to, to really get these girls to buy in and really see that, like, hey, we can win, but also have a lot of fun and and not just like on the pitch, you know, off the pitch too. Like, I feel like I see posts on on social media of like the team is like, like, I think I just saw today, maybe Kelsey posted it or maybe it was on the page where like, it looked like last night, I don't know what you girls were doing, but it looked like everyone was having a lot of fun in like really oh, different kind of drills. Cold. Like, yeah, in <laughs> yeah, the cold, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah um, so we like to... I think, I think, again, it goes back to like balance. We have a good balance when it comes to, like, to having fun and also being serious, um, especially at practice. Like we do have those times where you just want to goof off and, you know, joke around. But then we also know that we're there for a reason and that we have a certain goal that we want to get to. So finding that balance between having fun and um, figuring out what to do next. Yeah. And speaking of next, I, I want both of you to answer this question. I'll start with Maddie. Uh, you're both in your final year of Iowa State. Do you have future rugby plans after this or just life plans? Like what is the next chapter uh, in rugby for you? So Maddie, I'll start with you. Yeah. So um, I think my perspective on this has definitely changed of what I want to do um, post-graduation with rugby. Um, I'd love to keep playing as long as my body allows me to. I don't necessarily <laughs> know um, where that's going to be, if it's more of maybe just a fun pastime or if I really do want to take it upper level, um, which is definitely definitely in the picture. But I think we'll just see. But I really want to um, – but Cash and I both talked about this. We really want to get into coaching, whether that is at the college level or at the high school level. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. And Cash, what about you? Yeah. Um, well, I just joined it as like a, you know, fun college club and uh, grew to love it. Um, I don't, I don't know. I had some thought, a huge thought about it this summer 
about whether trying to go pro or like carrying on the rugby career, especially doing Thunderbirds this summer. Mm -hmm. But um, I think right after graduation, I might take a step back and like Maddie said, maybe try coaching and see how that goes. But I definitely don't think I am done with rugby yet. I do want to maybe join a club or like a D1, D2 somewhere out there, women's premier league or something. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And I think yeah, both of you have a, a, like really whatever you want to do. I feel like you both have the ability to do that from seeing what Iowa state has been because of you two over the last few years, uh, what Kelsey said about you. I definitely think, you know, whether, you know, you want to coach high school, you want to coach college, you want to play at a premier level, or if you just want to play uh, for a club, I think, you know, whatever you choose to do. And if you do like from personal experience, my first two years out of college, I coached and man, that made me want to play more than anything. And then my body felt rested. So yeah, that's cool too. Like you're both keeping the door open. It's kind of one of those wait and see, but yeah, whatever you choose to do, I guarantee you're going to keep pushing the sport forward with find success with it for sure. Yeah. Whether it's coaching, playing both. Um, yeah. So keep it up. It's, it's awesome yeah, to see what Iowa it. state has been. Uh, and you know, we're, we're buddies with Kelsey. So we always check in and oh, yeah. it's just cool to see like how proud she is of the team and everything oh, you yeah. girls have worked for. So yeah, we're definitely going to be following along. You girls have uh, Minnesota this weekend at 3 PM up in St. Paul. Is that right? Yes. Awesome. Well, Three, man, it seems kind of late. <laughs> that does seem like yeah. you're going to get home late. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get dark by the time you guys are done. <laughs> I know, right? I know. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, good luck this weekend. Yeah. We'll be keeping an eye on it. And yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, it's awesome. Exactly. We'll yeah, be- thank thanks you so much. Thanks for having us. No problem. Yeah, have a good night. Yes, yeah, me too. See All right. Thank you to the Iowa State Women's Program for joining us tonight. Maddie and Cash. Maddie and Cash. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, it's really cool to see what they've done over the last yeah. few years and the mark they've left. And, I mean, again, we talked about people are taking notice of Iowa nationally. Oh, people yeah. are taking notice of Iowa State nationally. National, the NCR, National Collegiate Rugby, they have made comments when they post their top 10 and they're like, great representation by Iowa. Yep. It's because of the Cyclones. It's because of the Hawkeyes. And we know about the Panthers. And obviously we talk yeah. about them a lot. The because yeah, that they have we, the coaching staff yeah. and the players. We, just, yeah. And that's where we went to school. So we're very aware of it. But it's yeah. like the, the nation is taking notice of these three women's programs in the state. And it's awesome, too, because they have each other to – like feed off of each yeah, other just and, make each other better. Yeah. And they're competing with each other and you're just seeing that growth. And then I think too, you know, moving into the men's side, we're seeing the same thing where even though all three of those state schools, Iowa state, you and I, and Iowa are in different conferences and even divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all trying to keep up with each other, even though they're not directly competing with each other. It's still one of those things, you know, you want to bring recruits in, you want to be kind of that shiny, shiny new toy place to go. You want to be, but every single one of them has positives. And if we move into Iowa state men's program, they also had a buy this week. They are having, and I'm going to call this the B side boys game of the week. Iowa state men go to Minnesota, number five, Iowa state at number 13, Minnesota, really depending on the score, this could be for the Northern conference of the heart of of America. Uh, I mean, this could decide who that one seed is going into playoffs. Yeah, that's going to be a tough match, especially, you know, I would say having to travel up to Minnesota, but 
I have full faith in Iowa State to yeah. pull that win out. And they have a guy named yeah. the Butcher. I mean, yeah. come on, let's <laughs> like, grow butcher. up. And they um, also have they also have. I mean, we're the B side boys. They have a deep B side where you know that second side. Every single one of those guys is working their tails off to get to the top side, which is making the top side work harder. And they know that they can't rest on what they've done. I guarantee uh, they use that bye week to really improve, take a real hard look at themselves. Like, we're happy with what we've done. We want more. Exactly. And we're going to see that outcome. Minnesota won't be easy, though. They're not going to be an easy out. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. That match is at 1130 a.m. at Falcon Heights, Minnesota. Never heard of it. No, me neither. <laughs> and then we take a look at our boys, uh, University of Northern Iowa men's program. They played against the University of Illinois Chicago. And, you know, Ooh. we said early on that we thought that you and I would have a good chance to um, beat this team by a few points. Yeah. There's a little bit more than I thought it would have been, though. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It was it was double of what I thought. Yeah. Like legit not being a jerk, like just the way you and I is and the way the University of Illinois Chicago has been um, two programs in two way different spots, but they're in the same division. Yeah. They have to play each other. Um, Rugby is a sport too. You can't kneel the ball. You, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, you, the, the number one principle of play when you go to coaching school through USA Rugby is principles of play. Number one principle, move forward. Mm-hmm. Offensively, defensively, moving forward. That's the game. Yeah. So you and I did not stop moving forward. The final score was 141 to zero. <laughs> and as Jake Ward, former you and I alumni said, Haas, that just seems unnecessary. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> but, you know, got to play your game. Yeah. I, I guarantee Zeus subbed in probably every single sub they possibly had. You oh, know, of course. And, yeah. You know, just you and I is deep. They're that good. And, and that's the thing, too. You put in the subs who probably don't get a full 40 minutes. Some guys come in the last 10, last 20 to close it out. I mean, if you get in and you're like, oh, this is my chance, I want to show what I can do. Mm-hmm. You're, I mean, those guys are trying to compete and get better. They don't always play or start. Dude, I guarantee Dave Randall made like all of his conversion kicks too. <laughs> so I'm guessing a lot of them were under the post. <laughs> yeah, more likely. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, good for them. It is one of those things I – was talking like John Cullen over the weekend too. And we were just talking about the consistency of like D2 programs because you and I lost to Principia by 70. That's a D2 program, but they beat University of Illinois Chicago by 141. Yeah. Principia and University of Illinois Chicago are both D2 programs. What would happen if those two two teams would play each other? Would they win by 200? And I'm not saying that like as like a jerk, but like, that's the level of D2, and that's where it's so weird of, like, where do these programs belong? Because you can't drive a super far distance because you're going to lose players. But also at the same time, these clubs that are close in proximity, they are different yeah, tiers just, of programs. Yeah, they're just on completely different levels with some of them. Yeah, and you can't penalize the clubs that are succeeding. They're doing what they need to do. But then also, too, it's not like you can make another division down because, I mean, that just kills it. Yeah. Uh, what What do you do? I don't know how you fix that other than internally, you know, University of Illinois, Chicago, look internally. Like, what do you need to do? And that's where I get so confused, too. You're in Chicago it's a lot of people in Chicago, but I mean, I guess it's a pretty small college, though. Exactly. How hard is it to get into that school? Are they bringing in super athletes? Like, how do you change that? But then, could they join the small college? Because there is 
you know, the great Midwest small college division? Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is, but you never really, I mean, I know we're joking about it, but you don't want to see scores like this. No. It's not good for anyone. Did you and I get better from this? No. No, probably not. <laughs> Did Illinois Chicago get better? No. If no. anything, they could have had injuries or guys quit. Yeah, like, I am not going to say spend... guys quit because nobody likes to lose that bad. Right. So, I don't know. I, I, you don't want to see this. Um, I mean, as a Panther fan, I know when we first saw it, we're like, whoa, yeah, good job, guys. And then you think more about it for the health of the sport. And it's like, ah. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Yucky. Yucky. <laughs> as my two-year-old would try to say. <laughs> and then we had the University of Iowa. So they have been filling their schedule. You know, the Heart of America, uh, there was only four teams. So mm-hmm. Iowa played and Iowa State played, you know. Yeah. Play everybody twice. They play everyone yeah. twice, but they only had three opponents in Minnesota, each other, and Nebraska. Nebraska yeah. So Iowa was lo- really filling their schedule with Big Ten D1A programs. They went and, like, when you do that, you have to go to them. Very rarely are you going up a division yeah. and then saying, come to us. You know, no, that doesn't happen. Very so often. they went on the road again, you know, just a gauntlet of a schedule. They played the University of Wisconsin up in Madison and the Badgers won 48 27. Uh, sounds like it was a very physical match. Wisconsin said that Iowa kept them on their toes for the full 80 minutes. So, again, one of those scores you look at, um, you know, a few tries in between them, but in that match, it sounds like, you know, the level of play was very similar. Scores Uh, can always be a little bit misleading on how the match actually went to. Definitely, definitely. But again, Iowa with that same mentality of the University of Northern Iowa women, where it's like, we're going to play up. We're not going to rest on a bye week. We are going to see more competition. So it gets us ready for the rest of our conference. Yeah. So I I like that. And also too, I mean, you go to the University of Iowa, you want to play Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. Like if I, the big 10 schools. Yeah, exactly. Like, and also, too, I wonder if they stayed in town because Madison is probably one of my <laughs> most favorite places to party. It is a lot of fun. Also, got some memories. Oh, yeah. Well, they're all a little hazy. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. But they're, and they're always around Halloween. <laughs> I know. <gasps> oh, I know. We've talked about that on the show a few times. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> I'm thinking about something. Oh, no. Never mind. Okay. Never mind. I was going to say. There's potential that there could be a D3 playoff match in Madison. It would be the week after Halloween. So maybe that's yeah, good. That's, that's good probably for the best. That's for the best. So, And then the last college, not one of the state schools, but Iowa Central Community College, they moved into their Big Rivers Conference. They had a rematch with Wheeling Rugby. And so by rematch, they played in the Rhino Rugby Bowl last year. It was where... Um, Rhino Rugby was trying to do kind of like a bowl season where you get some really top-level programs. Maybe they weren't in the playoffs and they were done competing, but they're like, hey, we want to do bowl games like college football, keep teams alive. Uh, Iowa Central defeated Wheeling last year in the bowl. This weekend in conference play in the Big Rivers, Wheeling defeats Iowa Central 38-26. to Damn. Yeah. Um, sounds like a big day for Aaron Juma. At number eight with two tries, and Ayub Jolly with uh, four conversions, and they played. And those guys play for Wheeling. Yeah, yeah. And they played at Marion because, again, like most of the teams in the Big Rivers Conference are like 
they're really spread out well, kind of deal. No, they're like all on the East Coast and Kentucky and like oh, God. they're they're in that area. Iowa Central's like the odd man out. Ugh. Yeah. So it's it's tough for them, but again, no excuses. They're they want to play here and they're playing really tough competition. Um and again, 38-26, close match. It is, yeah. Um but yeah, so that is the update on college rugby. We'll move into now the senior side. So for Division One, the Griffins defeat the Detroit Tradesmen. And we said we thought this might be like the D1 championship match, and yeah. it still might be. Griffins win 44-39. Oh, wow. Settled by one try. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago Lions defeat Cleveland 41-7. Uh, Cincinnati Wolfhounds defeat the Pittsburgh Forge 55-17. St. Louis Bombers, also another team that could compete yeah. for that top spot. They look like they are in form. They defeat Metropolis 58-5. to Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and then the Kansas City Blues defeat Wisconsin Rugby 31-15. If we look at the Premier Division, uh, yeah, Chicago Griffins at 7-0. Right behind them in the East is Chicago Lions at 6-1. Detroit Tradesmen at four and three. Oh, actually, never mind. We're wrong. Detroit Tradesmen, we said they could fight for that Eastern Conference side. Um, yeah, they're four and three now. Ah, shit. But again, great match out of them. Uh, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, both two and five. Cleveland, 0 oh and seven. Then we get to the Western side. Yeah, St. Louis is seven and zero. Oh. It's going to be St. Louis versus the Chicago oh, Griffins. They're both easily. seven and zero. Oh. Uh, Metropolis and is four and three, Kansas City three and three, Wisconsin two and four, and Palmer zero oh and six. So again, Griffins, Bombers, both killing it. The Lions, they're still hanging around. The Griffins, uh, who knows? Who knows what we'll see there? In the D two for men, uh, Chicago Blaze destroy the Chicago Westside Condors sixty two seven. Some familiar names here: Grand Rapids defeats Fort Wayne. 43-12. Indianapolis Impalas defeat Akron Rugby. Akron was the D3 uh, Midwest yeah. champ last yeah. year. Uh, Indianapolis was the D3 champ uh, the year Bremer was D2 last time because they defeated Iowa City in the uh, championship. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, so the Impalas won 58-24. Then we have, uh, let's see, Queen City defeated the Pittsburgh Forge D2 77-29. Lincoln Park defeated Fox Valley 40 to 22. Milwaukee Barbarians defeated Milwaukee Rugby 41-17. Southside Irish drop a game to the Green Bay Celtics 60 to 35. Des Moines Rugby defeats the St. Paul Jazz Pigs at home 36-29. Sounded like that was a good match. Yeah, though I saw like when I talked to Sunday about that a little bit, it sounded like the I don't even know how to put it because he said it was a really good match and like obviously decided by one try. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like they barely had, like, had the ball at all. Des Moines did, yeah. Like it was just like a possession game. So again, kind of like we were talking about that Waverly yeah. uh, Central Springs match. Like, yeah. it, and that can be frustrating when you're on defense the whole time. You're like, we cannot score if we do not create a turnover here. Yeah. And so you could play the best game ever, but if you don't have the ball and you have a few mistakes on defense and then they create turnovers, like that's tough. So. But I mean, they come out with the win. Yeah, no, so yeah they so. are now. Uh, was it five and two? Five and two, yeah, yeah, five and two. And then, ooh, get this score. And this team clinched the North Division uh, for D two Eastside Banshees against Metropolis D two, ninety five to five. Ugh. Ooh, Eastside is yeah. 
They're good. They are. They're crushing it. Yeah. They're crushing it. So if we look at their conference play, if we look at their conference play here, um, you know, like we said, East Side, I mean, they're just crushing it. Uh, the Chicago Blaze, they have clinched the Central. They're 7-0. and Next closest team is 3-4 and with Fort Wayne. The Eastern League, the Indianapolis and Pauls are 6-0. Queen City's 5-2. and uh, Looks like it's going to be Indianapolis, but it says they're mathematically not out because uh, league points, Indianapolis has 29. Queen City has 26. So we could see something happen. Green Bay has clinched the Great Lakes League. They're 6-0. and Milwaukee Barbarians were 4-3. and And then in the Northern League, Eastside has clinched 7-0. Des Moines at 5-2. and um, yeah, so pretty much when we look at the playoffs there, Chicago Blaves, um, sorry, Chicago Blaze, Indianapolis and Paula's Green Bay Celtics and the East side Banshees are the front runners. They're going to be taken over there. So now if we look into the men's D three and there's a lot of it. And the reason why too, we're going to run through this quickly is because the bracket of 16 has been set. So we have the Columbus Castaways win 71 to 7 over Fort Wayne D3. Detroit defeats Toledo 68-12. The Machina Moose, we talked about them. Someone was telling us someone was on that team they knew. The Butcher, didn't he say he knew a guy there? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Someone we interviewed had a buddy who plays there. The Machina Moose win 50 to 29 over Tri-City. Nice. Uh, Michigan Rugby Club defeats Traverse Bay Blues 60 to 15. The Cincinnati Celts lose to Lexington Blackstones 55-40. A match I was really interested in because both these clubs were undefeated. The Dayton Area Rugby Club defeats Louisville Rugby 26-15. White River Rugby defeats Columbus, Indiana 39-34. Chicago Blaze D3 wins 56-14 over Rockford. Chicago Riot win 40-19 over Peoria. They were both undefeated. Chicago Riot wins the Chicago division with that. Northwest Woodsmen defeat the Indiana Reapers 20-12. Cedar Rapids Headhunters take the forfeit win over Clinton Muddy River. Cedar Rapids... Did they play River City over the weekend? They played River City, and they did a friendly. They had some other random guys from the state who were off on the weekend. They came and played. Great day rugby. Uh, It sounded like Cedar Rapids ended up winning on the day. But again, uh, the main thing was rugby was played. River City guys were playing. I kind of want to catch up with Mark. Blong from River yeah, City to we'll see to get a hold of him sometime soon. see how things are going after the sevens league after um, not having league play here and then what the plan is moving forward. But they had a match against Cedar Rapids, sounded like yeah, good things. Oh, Rugby good. was played, lots of guys got in. Then the Iowa City Ducks defeat the Quad City Irish thirty-seven seventeen. The West Moines Wombats defeat the Riverboat Gamblers from Dubuque twenty-four nineteen. Rochester Rogues defeat the St. Cloud Bottom Feeders, 28-14. Oconomowoc defeats Milwaukee Barbarians, D3, 54-14. And Fox City Gargoyles defeat Wisconsin Rugby, D3, 57-19. And like I said, huge implications here. Uh, In the Eastern League, Cleveland Rovers are the one seed. The South Pitt Hooligans are the two seed. The Central League, Detroit is the one Columbus Castaways is the two in the Northern league. Michigan rugby club is number one. Machina Moose is number two in the Southern league. 
the Dayton area rugby club is 4-0 and 1. <laughs> that tie in there. Um, they get the 1 seed, where Louisville gets the 2 seed. The Chicago Riot in the Carfu League, they get the 1 seed. Peoria gets the 2. In the Iowa League, the Wombats get the 1 seed. Dubuque gets the 2. Minnesota League, uh, Eastside Banshees get the 1. Rochester Rogues get the 2. In the Wisconsin League, Fox City Gargoyles uh, take on Oconomowoc. Reason why this is so important. The Wombats, as a one seed, will face the number two seed Rochester Rogues from Minnesota. Dubuque, who is number two in Iowa, will face number one Eastside Banshees D3, or Eastside Whalers. Yeah. They have them listed as Banshees, it's Whalers. Oh. Then Fox City Gargoyles from Wisconsin will play Peoria Pigs. Oconomowoc will play the Chicago Riot. So basically, Iowa versus Minnesota, Iowa versus Minnesota, and then the winner of Chicago, Wisconsin, will play the winner of Iowa, Minnesota. And uh, then the other side, uh, who cares? (laughs) The only time you'll see them is in Chicago in the championship. Uh, We'll get to that one later. But uh, let's talk about our match uh, since we're there. You want to do a little breakdown of it? Yeah, I mean... There's it was a hell of a match. I mean, obviously very physical. We knew going in that it was going to be tough. You know, Dubuque's a very good young team. Yeah, we, we were. we've been talking about it all season that yeah. you know as things started to go, we knew Dubuque had a strong yeah. showing in the spring. They were playing in a lot of tournaments. They won all Iowa. Yeah, and they had a lot of young athletic talent. They had some a couple of veteran leaders who are leading the way. They have a hall of famer as a head coach in uh, Rudin, you know, so a lot of knowledge when we were at that match, they had their old boys there too. And at the social, I talked to a few, I mean, there is a lot of knowledge and a lot of people who care about rugby. And then you have all of these young athletic guys that they're bringing in. Um, when we were warming up, looked over, it looked like they had 30 guys. I know they had a ton of people over there. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, yeah, so I mean, starting off the match, it was very physical. Uh, we we focused in the pack and got out with a couple of tries early, yeah. and we knew too, like going right for the mouth, punch them right in the mouth. Um, and then we were our own worst enemy. We became undisciplined. The referee had a set way that he viewed the law. I think a lot of our guys um, unintentionally viewed it a different way, but we continued to play the way we viewed it and he kept <laughs> yep. penalizing us and it killed our momentum where Dubuque kept fighting. They got a try. And then I even heard their coach say like, yeah, guys, like now they know what you can do. Like we can do this. And it was one of those things where like, if we don't get back to our form, you know, Dubuque is a, a great club. They are going to take advantage of our miscues. And that's the thing too. Like, I'm not saying like, they came back only because of our miscues. No, they had a plan. We hit them in the mouth. They hit us back in the mouth. Yep. There was a very, like, my body is still hurt. I know. I, you got the big old scuff on the head. <laughs> I got a scuff on the head, ankles, all that stuff. It's I have like, so Jesus. many bruises on my legs. <laughs> I mean, it was just a physical match. And it went down to the 80th minute. I mean, yeah. they had the ball in hand before. Did the game end on a knock-on? Uh, or well, the the game we, ended on a knock on, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean they we had, were coming up really hard on defense though those last few minutes. Yeah, like, everybody knew like there's no time left, and it was one of those things where it was just they were chipping away, they're chipping away. We couldn't get our offense going again. We stalled out, um, and then we started to slow play things. And yeah, just a physical match. They just kept at us. They brought in subs. We brought in subs. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
a couple of miscues by them that saved us. They had a couple of knock-ons inside the 22. Yeah. Um, just uh, we held up a try in the try zone as well. Uh, just a great match and one where I really do think we will see them again in two weeks. That's no offense to the Minnesota League. It's hard to get a read on the Minnesota League because they only have four clubs. And the top two clubs both beat each other because they yeah. both were five and one. And it's like, what does that mean? What does know, it it's, mean? It's so you hard know? to read. Yeah. But, and yeah, I, I really hope we do see Dubuque again, though, because that was a very fun physical match, like good competition. It was one of the – it was probably – if not one of the most fun matches I've ever played in, or like just when that whistle was over. And obviously those guys probably feel different where it's like, you always say like, Oh, I love close matches. Well, not as much when you lose them. I yeah, know like, that's not as fun. <laughs> yeah. I know like when we were with Bremer and like we lost that championship match and I mean, we were lost by a couple tries, but still felt like it was closer than that. That wasn't so much fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so again, I know if we play those guys again, they're going to bring it. Like oh, yeah. they, they know who we are and they know what we're going to do, but we also know who they are and it's going to make for a great day of rugby, but we can't look too far ahead because yeah, we still they have through this week and they do too. They have these side, uh, whalers who have really stepped up as of late. And then their D2 team, these side banshees are killing people. So yeah. East side is, they are a program who are doing things right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rochester, you know, they're five and one man. Yeah. Like they, they, they beat the Whalers early in the season, and then um, I know they're going to be ready, ready for a fight coming down here. And um, got Adam Falk in the middle at referee. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, Paul Damagey yeah, and too, Dennis yeah. Oliver at ARs. We're going to have real ARs. Yeah, I know it's wild. We don't have to pull somebody from each team to like hold the flag <laughs> up, do a sideline yeah. judge. Like, oh, I think exactly. it's kind of frustrating sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's weird when we kick on one sideline compared to another. Um, the kicks are much longer on one side than the other. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and that's anywhere. I'm not saying that about Dubuque or yeah, about us, no. but that's just how it is. It's gamesmanship. I mean, it's, you know, like. Yeah. I, it's... You have people in the crowd like, that's not how far it went. Because there was one where they booted it. And it just was so far out. It was hard to tell where it went out into touch. Yeah, that was tough. And, and like, then the... I felt bad for the guy, the silent judge, because people like yelling at him. It's just like. Yeah. He's a younger guy, so yeah. like, he might not understand or yeah, like and you're not like and he wasn't directly underneath the ball looking up on the yeah. touchline. Um and then like guys on our play on our team were like, they didn't get that far, and then people in the crowd were like, hey, he was closer, he was at the five meter, like go to the five meter, and everyone's just like, and I'm just like, I don't care, it's the line out, whatever. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, it was a great match, and I think too, like I don't know. It, it would be cool to have those matches every single week. And again, like people are working towards that. And um, you know what else too? Like, because obviously Dubuque being a new club, haven't really had a chance to interact with a lot of these guys besides like maybe like a handful of them, like once before, like we know like Jack Lemke, but mm-hmm. like really nice group of guys too. Oh you know, yeah. Real good group. Good core group of dudes. Yeah. So. No. And that's the thing. The social was a lot of fun. Um, went to odd fellows, had some fried chicken, um, had some shots <laughs> and then, yeah, that led into, went to a concert, went to shot tower pizza before the concert. And I just, yeah, I was feeling good and woof. Had a lot, of, a lot to feel good about though, Mr. Man of the match. Yeah. Thanks Phil. <laughs> oh yeah. My body. Oof. It's, <laughs> it's hurting, but no, it, I told you guys like, Stay in town next time we go to Butte because it's oh, yeah. a lot of fun. How was the party bus for Vic's oh, birthday? It was a ton of fun. I got 
very intoxicated, obviously. <gasps> so, yeah, we went and hopped to a couple different bars. And, uh, yeah, no, I like some places that we don't typically go very often, like West Glen. I don't oh, go because, to West Glen hardly ever. Vic is young and hip and we're old. And Vic didn't really want to go to West Glen, I don't think. <laughs> He's more of like a Court Ave guy, right? Oh, Downtown yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. 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 No, it was fun. Like, Where'd you go in West Glen? I don't even know what the bars are called. You're like, so old. I know I don't go to West Glen. I'm an East. I'm an East Philly kind of guy. Uh, East Philly, Philly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. I hear you. No, I love it. Um, yeah. Anything else on on our stuff? I think we're good on that. I think we're good on that. Ed. Yeah. So, and then moving into um, in the women's division. So, if you look here, uh, yeah, the way they have their like hybrid and everything. Um, Really interesting stuff. Uh, Metropolis uh, Valkyries are five and zero. Chicago Lions are four and one. Milwaukee is three and two, and then Palmer's two and three. But like Palmer's been having such, such a close great matches. Too, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Like they're right there, and that's that's what's cool. You look at the point differential, and like um, it is kind of like an even bell curve. Like these teams. Um, and then Wisconsin's one and four, and Chicago women's rugby's zero and five. And on the other side, Pittsburgh Forge 4-0, Columbus 3-1, Cincinnati 2-2, Detroit 1-3, Buffalo 0-4. Um, yeah, that surprises me Palmer's in fourth, but I guess that does make sense. But, I mean, for their first year moving up, they're, so doing, they're doing well. They're I, doing they're really doing well. well. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, again, like Dubuque, first year back as a club, finished second. Uh, Palmer moving up to the D1 uh, as a women's club nothing to hang your head about because those are great programs. Yeah. And again, they've had very close matches. So, Mm -hmm. and then when you look at the D two, you know, that's where I just think that Des Moines women's club could pop in because the twin city Amazons, I don't know where County will more Morgan's is. Uh, And then there's Minneapolis menagerie, Oconomowoc and Chicago sirens. Um, Yeah. I, the Des Moines women's rugby team though, they've been getting a lot of friendlies in. They've been playing with, Omaha and Quad, Quad Cities. City, yeah, getting some good matches in. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. It'd be cool if, like, all three of those uh, kind of popped up because then, like, less travel. But they've been doing some combo stuff, building stuff in. Yeah. Um, We should check in with them. Yeah. We'll have to get a hold of uh, one of our Des Moines girls. Well, they're they're – they're not ours. They're their well, own person. I mean, yeah, that was weird. You know what I meant. <laughs> no, that, was, that was weird and possessive. What the <laughs> heck? Careful. Yeah, no, it was intended to hurt you. I know. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's cracks starting to form in the B side, boys. (laughs) Is there tension? (laughs) Phil, make this phone call. You're leading this interview. I know. I know. Let's get a hold of Sophia. Beep, 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 beep. All right, now joining us today, we have Sophia Scarfo of the Des Moines women's team. Sophia, how's it going? Good. Good. So you guys just played this past weekend. Uh, you guys did a little combination team. Is that correct? Yeah, we played with a few girls from the Quad Cities team and then also a few from Omaha. Okay. And how that match go for you guys this weekend? Um, I think it was one of the biggest learning opportunities that we've had this season, playing against a team that was in such a better division than we are. Well, actually, we're not in a division, but uh, it was just a really big learning opportunity especially for a lot of the girls that haven't played 15s yet. Okay. Yeah. And you guys, how many Des Moines women's were, how many uh, Des Moines women were available to play this weekend? Cause I know you guys combined with quad city and you said the other one was Omaha, right? Yeah. Um, okay. I think there was about nine. Okay. Well, that's not bad. 
about how many no. about how many women are on the team like if everyone was available in a, in a perfect world how many people would you have right now i think we have around 12 gotcha okay, that's nice. not bad yeah because i know in years past omaha and des moines have really been helping each other by kind of being a combo um it's been tough just because the travel is always so far because did you have mm-hmm. to travel for this match this past weekend uh no it was a home match actually okay and who came to town uh, Quad Cities and Omaha both came to help us. Okay. Oh, who did you play against? Oh, oh, oh we played against uh, the Minis- um, Minneapolis, the Valkyries. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's a very tough team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, uh, Web plays on their team, our coach, basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> is that how everything got set up there? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. she She's come to a few Wombats practices before, and she's made a lot of our guys look silly because she's she is a fantastic oh, yeah. player. <laughs> really no, she knows what she's doing for sure. Oh, yeah. So what's uh, what's the rest of the fall season look like? Um, I know you had some friendlies and some exhibition matches to kind of build that experience, like you said, and to, you know, try to recruit more women to the program. Um, what's what's next? So we have, um, we only have a few more games scheduled for the rest of the season. I know that we have one in Rockford and then we have another one, I think in Quad Cities one more time. Um, but I think that it's the biggest thing right now is just getting our rookie players to get a lot of playing time to understand what really goes on on the field and their positions. So I think that it's just not really about the score or our record. It's just more about getting people playing time so they understand to have a better season next year, the year after, that type of thing. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And you said, so rookie players, are a lot of the players that are considered rookies, did they have previous rugby experience or are most of them pretty green to it? No. um, Actually, I feel like most of our players this year was their first year ever doing any type of contact sport. So it was definitely (laughs) a wake. I wouldn't necessarily a wake up call because I think all of our players stayed like they really like it. But I think it's definitely the camaraderie that keeps them coming back. Yeah, I think that's usually a pretty important factor is having good camaraderie with obviously everybody on your team. And that's awesome, though, that, you know, going from like not really any experience with contact sports and jumping right into rugby. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot, but, I mean, it's just going to make them better and they're going to be better by next season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and also, too, talking about, you know, that camaraderie, uh, the women's program in Des Moines was with the Des Moines rugby team and then uh, separated, and then this past year is back under the umbrella of Des Moines rugby. How has that support been? Yeah, so I actually first started playing with Des Moines last year when I moved to the area, and I played under the Nemesis, Mm -hmm. and uh, we were practicing at just like these random high schools and middle schools, I think. I really don't remember, but definitely playing under the Des Moines rugby wing is a lot of stress off our backs. We don't have to figure out like when we're going to practice, where we're going to practice, do we have like a special place everyone can meet. It's just a lot easier having just one central, like we're at the Des Moines pitch, you know what time to be there. You know, it's so much easier. It's a lot of stress off our backs. And I think that it's really nice that a lot of the girls like mingle with the guys on the guys team, like like what we were talking about with the camaraderie. Like it's just nice going somewhere and seeing familiar faces. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, And I guess we were thinking too, so like after this season, you know, it's mostly 
like friendly matches or it's a uh, what would they consider it a tour the right? festival the festival the yeah festival style um after this year is there plans for the Des Moines women's team to try to do like a uh, competitive league or get involved in that in some way you know I'm really not sure because I'm not exactly on the exact board okay. but I hope so I mean I definitely hope so that's I played in college and I really liked having that competitiveness that of course I want everybody to get playing time and everything like that but I think everybody also does want to win so I hope that we get into some more competitive matches and uh lineups yeah and you talk about too like being under the umbrella of Des Moines rugby that consistency and just knowing their structure there I think too you Mm -hmm. know finding a, a home conference or league play that also would be nice just because you wouldn't have to you know be Hey, you want to do a friendly, you want to split teams, you want like I feel like those mm-hmm. are just so stressful to set up. But I mean, you guys have had a really nice schedule getting in yeah. four or five matches this fall, which I mean that's more than some leagues play. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at silver lining there. I mean, you're getting that experience. Um, I was also gonna ask too. So you said you played in college. Where was that at? I was just wondering about that. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I played. uh, So I'm actually from Florida. I played at Florida Gulf Coast University. Oh, I played there all four years. So, yeah, I had a little bit of experience coming in, which was really great when I came last year because I wasn't one of the rookies and I could, like, help run practice a little bit. Well, not necessarily run practice, but, like, I could help the backs, you know, Mm -hmm. and Justin would split up the backs and the forwards. I was like, okay, I can help the backs. I know exactly what to do. I played fly half and scrummy. So I was like, oh, yeah, I can totally, you know, run some plays, do some switches, stuff Mm -hmm. like that, which I think that helped a lot last year. And then especially this year as well, we have a bunch of, like, Mal and all those Mm -hmm. um, backs that are so good at helping, which is so nice. It's not just like all rookies that you kind of just have to teach everybody their specific uh, place every single time at every single game. And when things go awry, rookies like kind of don't really know what to do because it's just such a hectic game. So mm-hmm. it's definitely nice having veterans on the field. That's awesome. And like Florida yeah. Gulf Coast, that's... I know, I'm getting hung up on that right now. I'm curious why you came to <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think of like that run that the basketball team had a few years back. Oh, and oh, and yeah. every single time, because they were all flashy and they were dunking the ball. And then every time they're like, mm-hmm. no one's ever heard of it. Let's look at their campus. Wow, it's beautiful. And it's beach. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. it was 22 degrees this morning when I had to do <laughs> like yep. a crossing guard at the middle school I work at. So mm-hmm. what on earth brought you from the most beautiful... Uh, college campus to uh, 22 degree October weather in Iowa. <laughs> uh, well, I uh, go to Drake Law. Okay. Oh. So I'm here for law school. And then after law school, I'm not necessarily planning to stay in Iowa, but I don't really know what's next. <laughs> gotcha. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Drake Law School. That makes sense. Why? Yeah. That yeah. Makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Cause yeah, it's like, you chose to be here? Okay, law school. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So how has that transition to Iowa been for you? I mean, off the rugby field and, you know, has rugby been kind of that? Was that your first like community or like group of people you, you met when you moved to town? Yeah, actually it was. I saw, I met, um, so I, the summer before I started law school, I was working at the grocery store and I saw somebody wearing um, a rugby crest and I went up to them and I was like, hey, I hope this isn't weird, but <laughs> I see that you're wearing like a Des Moines rugby crest. Like I just moved to the area as their women's team. And then they gave me um, the number to somebody. I think it was Valerie. And then next thing I knew I was there at practice and it was just 
I used to ride my bike to practice and I know Justin's like, you're the one that rides your bike, right? And so I just got known as the one that rides their bike to practice. And it definitely was some of the uh, first people that I met. And it was so nice having like that uh, player camaraderie, like, okay, this is a group of people that if I see them out, I know who they are Mm -hmm. um, type of thing, especially when I didn't know anybody. I moved to Iowa and I didn't know anyone. I swear all rugby people are the same because like everybody I've known who's like moved away, like out of here always the first thing they do whenever they move to a different state is look up like where's the closest rugby club and then they mm-hmm. go and join them and then play with them like mm-hmm. everybody yeah. we know does that i swear and there's just yeah. a comfort level of like i don't know what it is with our community where it's just like yeah wherever you go you just like to even say to someone like hope this isn't weird and they're like it's rugby like you know <laughs> right? there's there's nothing weird yeah. like they just kind of know and that's so cool to hear and like i feel like we have this perception and we pat ourselves on the back like our community but it is true, like, it is, like, one of the most welcoming communities because it's, I don't know, it is a niche sport, and it is a very it's physical true. sport. Like, I don't know, there's, like, a it's sense a, of pride a, there. Yeah, a sense of pride and mutual respect, knowing that other, mm-hmm. you know, those other people across from you are on the same team as you are doing the same thing, yeah. you know? Oh, that's really, that's really cool to hear. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with the respect thing. I think it's, like, it's a certain type of person that gets out on the rugby pitch and is, like, okay we're going to do this. I'm going to run for my life. I'm going to tackle someone. Like it definitely takes a specific person. And I definitely think that, um, if you're in it, then, you know, you know, but if you're not in it then you don't really get it. Oh yeah. That makes sense. If that makes sense. No, yeah. it definitely does. Well, yeah. Uh, I guess I got one more question for you as we're getting you. But, uh, so does that match you guys next match? Is that next weekend or you guys have the weekend off? Uh, this upcoming weekend, we actually did get an offer to play with Omaha, like to do another type of mesh deal. But um, I don't think a lot of our girls are going to be able to make it. So I think that our last, or we have a game on the 29th, question mark, and then another one in November. And then I think after that, our season's over. But I'm actually not really sure. It might be the Rockford, Illinois, that's on the 29th. Okay, so you guys have some free time this weekend. Uh, come yeah. watch some rugby. Yeah, a lot of the girls are going to go to the Wom or I think it's the Wombat Center it is. Play yeah. at 11. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, and then the Des Moines that plays that one. Yeah, they're, we're all, group chats lighten up about that. All right. That's awesome. Yeah, because <laughs> maybe your coach, uh, Justin McKay, might be throwing a jersey on. I don't know. He might be. Oh, I heard. He I might heard need his shorts back. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the rumors. Oh, yeah. Well, awesome. It was great to talk to you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll be keeping an eye out for the Des Moines women's matches. And, yeah, good luck the rest of the way. Yeah, thanks. You too. Good luck on Saturday, guys. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Nice job on that interview, Phil. Oh, thanks. You too. No, I, that was – you did really good. Yeah, well, this is more Sophia. I think she uh, provided us with some good content. Yeah. yeah. Always good content. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're looking for. Uh, no, good stuff. Um yeah, it's cool to see what the Des Moines women's team is doing. Yeah. I know that's like a tough spot to be in where it's like, you know, nine, 12 people you're sharing, but they are going to be the core of that team for a time to come. Uh, the most of it too. So yeah. that's really cool. And they're creating that like environment and that experience. So when people come, they're going to stick around. Exactly. You know, and so we're, we're rooting for them to uh, make it to that D2 level, to have that consistent schedule, to to be in a league play, because I think they have a lot of, great players and um they could do some really cool things and we have a lot of you know like we said 
between the college game in Iowa and the high school girls. There is so much good women's and college and high school rugby. It should feed into the Des Moines women's rugby program eventually. Yeah. It, it has to happen. It'll, it'll probably be like a long game, but like I don't see why, mm-hmm. you know, within the next five years, why they couldn't get like a lot of these girls to play. The I mean, da- even just like 10% of them, shit. Like, yeah, the data shows that more often than not, the city people move to after college from a state school is Des Moines. Yeah, a lot. A lot of people who move from a small town to a university, they get. I mean, that's just where a lot of jobs are. And not saying like Des Moines or West Des Moines or the suburbs. It's the end all be all. But just saying, the data shows statistically, more often than not, people are going to move to Central Iowa because it's booming and rural towns are dying. And that's something our state needs to figure out. And it's sad because you're from a small town, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned all that with Des Moines, though, because like, how funny is it? Well, You're not, not really laughing. Funny. It's not funny, I guess. But uh, we were actually talking about this last week in my class, but uh, how Des Moines is considered the fastest growing uh, city in America right now, and it's economically doing the best out of all cities oh, in the wow. U.S., which is kind of wild. Economically, it's doing the best? I can't tell. I know, right? <laughs> I saw it too, but I'm like, okay, who's, I'll take your word for it. Who's making said money? Because I'm not. <laughs> right? <laughs> but that's good, though. And again, that's a selling point. And that's where, you know, again, you move to um, this area and you're like, oh, I played rugby in Florida. I played rugby in, you know, Montana, where, like wherever. I played rugby at Northern Iowa. That community is going to be like, all you have to do is say rugby, and people are like, join us. Please. One of us. <laughs> Google Google. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Um, yeah, so pretty cool stuff. Uh, to continue to talk about women's rugby, the Women's World Cup is oh, continuing yeah. on. Uh, so let's just break that down real quick. Uh, they had this past weekend on Saturday uh, their round two. So in Pool A, we had Scotland – lost to Australia 14 Ooh, to 12 and then New Zealand just beat down Wales 56 12. So in that pool right now, New Zealand two and0 with 10 points, Australia one and one with four, Wales one and one with four and Scotland 0 and two with two points. Point differential is favoring Australia right now. Uh, and then again they only have one match left. Mm-hmm. New Zealand clearly going to make that final. Oh, yeah, by a long shot. <laughs> yeah, they play – New Zealand plays Scotland. Uh, that should be a blowout. And then, really, the winner of Australia-Wales uh, should decide who the second seed is. Mm-hmm. And then maybe even if it's a close match, high-scoring match, uh, one of them will get a third bid to that knockout round. Mm-hmm. Moving into Pool B, we have USA defeated Japan 30 to 17 mm-hmm. and then Canada defeated Italy 22 to 12. Very tough pool because Canada was the 3 seed, Italy the 5 seed, USA the 6 seed. We knew that USA was going to beat Japan. We needed them to win big. When we look at the pool standings, Canada's 2 and 0 with 10 points, Italy 1 and 1 with 5 points, USA 1 and 1 with 5 points, but the point differential, this is crazy. Italy is plus two point differential. Mm-hmm. USA is only plus one point differential. Ah. So, oh, they it's could really have only close, gotten yeah. like one more kick yeah. or one. Like they're so close. And then Japan is 0-2 with zero points. Uh, Japan and Italy, 
is going to play next week. And, you know, Italy is going to win that by a large margin. And then USA plays Canada. That's going to be tough. Canada is, they're doing a great job. Uh, USA needs to come out, give a spirited effort. Because, again, I I think this pool is going to get three teams through. But, again, USA cannot get blown out here. Yeah. I mean, best case scenario, I mean, they beat Canada. Right. And Italy would somehow manage to lose to Japan. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not pretty good. But yeah, I know that's, that's not, not going to happen. <laughs> Italy is going to beat Japan by a wide margin. Uh, they're going to get another five points. And then uh, USA, you know, we'd like them to win. But if they do lose to Canada, they got to get some bonus points. Yeah. You know, score four tries, uh, lose by less than seven, um, or just win, you know. Yeah. So get those points. Then in the last pool, uh, England beats France 13 to 7 and Fiji defeats South Africa 21-17. So England is 2 and 0 with 9 points, France is 1 and 1 with 6, Fiji is 1 and 1 with 4 and South Africa is 0 and 2 with 1. So interesting one cuz Fiji got blown out the last round, South Africa got blown out the last round. I mean there's a huge separation between England and France and mm. Fiji and South Africa. Yeah. And I think this would be the pool that gets two through just because Fiji and South Africa are, are so far behind. Um, But again, it'll be interesting. One more week of pool play and then the knockout play will continue. So we'll keep an eye on that. Mm -hmm. Get to a watch party. If you can watch USA again, yeah, yeah, it's on the Peacock network. It's going to be at Auckland stadium. Uh, Our time it'll be at 21 15, which is like nine o'clock. Nine uh, nine yeah. nine fifteen Sunday October twenty third. Oh oh, we usually when we do our podcast, we'll be wa- <laughs> we could watch that live while we do the podcast. Maybe yeah. we do a watch party and we do like a podcast on location or something. That'd be really cool. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. We should look into maybe. And again, that depends probably how our playoff match goes. How we're how you we're know? feeling. Yep. Yeah. So I would like to do a watch party for that if we can make that happen. Not, I mean, we'll fight with Sunday night football, but still. Yeah, let's call Pally. So let's make that happen. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right. And then last thing we have, MLR news. We've been Ooh, talking yeah. about it forever. I like how I sent that screenshot to you and you sent me one back. And I was <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> like we both were like, all right, what are what are some other, other things we can talk about? Um, yeah. Uh, so, Phil, share what you have. Well, as you know, I like to go to a very uh, pristine source. For all my info, I like to go to Reddit. <laughs> and I get mine from Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, when I saw the screenshot, I'm like, that's off Twitter. <laughs> so what did you get? Yeah, so apparently uh, U.S. Like, – I guess it's a, a source that they had heard. Mm-hmm. But uh, the MLR is looking to replace the Gilgronis and Giltinis with a team from Chicago. And then also they would have to find a way to split up the Giltini and Gilgroni players – which it could potentially be like, you know, a good chunk of them goes to the Chicago team or get spread out a little bit. Almost like a, I heard like a dispersal draft yeah. where basically they would create a separate draft and say, these are the players on these rosters. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's also a potential of a replacement LA team though too, is what I had seen. And that's what I've heard uh, that there's rumors that there could be a buyer for the LA team. Mm-hmm. But the more I dig into it, it sounds like people are backing away from that, and they're just like, I like. It's one of those things. Rugby's a niche sport. 
Could it take off and be a moneymaker? Sure. But there's a lot of hard work ahead, and that's a tough – salary like, cap's pretty low, too. Well, and that's a tough hole to dig out of. Like, those players, they probably want nothing to do with L.A. The the fans, they got scorned. I mean, they they bought into this. They became fans, season tickets. MLR they bought the gear. MLR yeah. champs, they bought into this – the, the the shit that this guy was peddling and they're like oh this is awesome and then they find out he did a ton of bad business deals and the, here's like a crazy it. thing too i saw this also um don't you have a kill teeny shirt and a hat i like i want to throw on sale right now <laughs> yeah if, if you, the mlr is just dumping all this stuff here's another thing john cullen second time we've dropped his name uh he shared brutal thread lots to be held accountable here the business of rugby needs a drastic reshift. So this is from the USA Rugby Players account on Twitter. Given the circumstances of the last few months, the USRPA sympathizes with Giltini's and Gilgroni's players, staffs, and families. In light of the recent events, we have noted the following. LA and Austin players informed this week both teams haven't yet found buyers. By the way, this is from eight hours ago. Ah. Players and staff owed large sums of money today. They still haven't gotten paid. Medical bills and rent left unpaid by the team are going to the collection under the players' names. So let's say say you're a kid who got promised, hey, you're going to get this contract, move out to L.A. It's probably pretty expensive to live there. It's very expensive. So maybe they're getting a stipend for rent. That rent didn't get paid, but their name's on the lease. They now have debt collectors coming out of them. Their credit is ruined because they were promised a professional contract. Their credit score, like their life, like... Oh, yeah. All that shit gets sent to collections, especially because, like, with rent and stuff and the amount, especially if you're living in L.A., because it's ridiculous rent. Players... It's going to hurt their credit bad. Players and their families asked to vacate team apartments with a day's notice. The league waited five months to act and will now put players in a dispersal draft, which will see players being allocated to teams for far, far less money than their market value because many team rosters are close to complete. I mean, if you think about it, these teams have already built their rosters. And now it's like, oh, you want to take our starters? Well, I already have a starting eight-man. Yeah. I'm not going to – why would I pay for two starting eight-man when I already have one? I'll pay him as a backup. Yeah. And then, again – do you think they're going to want to continue to be a pro and get paid peanuts when they've already been burned and they like have to start making some money to actually oh, pay yeah. for You know what I mean? Probably not. And, Shit. and then again, many players may not have a say in where they play. That's the thing. You're living in LA. You just got drafted in New York. I don't want to play in New York. I have to pack my stuff. I owe people money here. My credit is getting ruined because debt collectors are coming after me. I can't pay for my medical bills. Now I have to move to New York to play. Like, what a yeah. shit show. God. Players' first official contact from the league, restitched, happened today. Again, eight hours ago. It is Tuesday right now. This is midday Tuesday. Players in contact with the league have not received actionable responses. We expect the league to show transparency and understanding with players and staff tied to this unfortunate situation. The livelihood and careers of 80-plus players, staff, and their families are in jeopardy. Transparency and action is necessary. So we love... MLR in the sense of we want pro rugby. Uh, rumor is the Giltinis are going to move to Chicago or there's going to be a new expansion team in Chicago and then they get to decide if they want those players from the Giltinis, which, yay, we're excited for Chicago. But like, yeah. how can you have faith in a league that 
let this get this far. We knew about this when this podcast started five months ago. That yeah. that like that was kind there, of there was f- issues with the guillotines and guillotines. Yeah, we we knew this that. has been five months. Yeah, uh, since we started, like these players have been in limbo for five months, and this is some of the best talent we have in our country. And oh wait, there's players from overseas that have been playing for LA. LA loaded their roster with foreign players. Yeah, now those dudes are just like what. You know, so how do you how do you trust the league that just let 80 plus families just all right, whoops, and then they don't say anything? I I don't know. Me personally, if like if I was in that situation, I'd be like, hell with this, I'm done. Like, I don't think I could do it. Right. Unless someone was like, or I would go play overseas if the contract is there. Because like sort of sweetheart deal where it's kind of like solves all your problems with it, but I doubt that's coming. Was the mob or the mafia going to start a rugby team? Like, hey, we've got a deal you can't refuse. <laughs> Both Phil and I did the Italian little. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I don't even know. How do you describe this? <laughs> uh, like from the, the meme of da, 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 the Italian. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. That's a real negative note. I feel like you wanted it to be like, Chicago's getting a team. And it's like, ah, but all this shit now, the guillotines and guillotines and player disbursement yeah that all sucks yeah i don't know we we just love rugby and and we want it's, it to be positive but like also just, we have to be real to things that yeah it's hard to see things that potentially hurt yeah. any league you know involved with well, rugby and we talk about too like how many good players walk away because it's like it's not worth it anymore yeah like you're gonna like we've talked to people where it's like okay you're getting paid mlr by like you're getting like what twelve thousand fifteen twenty thousand dollars Okay, you still need a full-time job, yeah. but then you have to train like a pro athlete, and then you get dicked around like this. I, it's just, I want this league to be successful. I want the players to get paid. I want our team, USA, to be um, competing for World Cups. Yeah. But we, our athletes are going to go to other sports if the people at the top don't take care of the players, the staff, the coaches, the medical teams, uh, the people who do the work day in, day out. We need Mark Cuban to come save it. <laughs> what do you think would happen? Hear me out. I've, you ever watch Shark Tank? I've seen Shark Tank. So what would happen if like Mark Cuban was there and then, oh, what's the, the lady's name? Barbara Cochran. Barbara, yeah. And like, I don't know, the bald guy. I can't think of I don't know his name. And know. like, <laughs> just fucking a random, or like whoever, I don't even know who's in charge of USA Rugby right now. But they just walk through the door and they're like, all right, Shark Tank, here's my idea. <laughs> like, just what, what's your product? Uh, USA Rugby, we're the whole thing. And Mark Cuban immediately, I'm out. <laughs> I've looked at your balance sheets. I've looked how you run. Uh, we need to create a whole new operation. I don't know. It's just a bummer because the sport's so good. There's so many good people. But we just, as a collective uh, country, you can't figure out how to run it. In would, a good way. It would be cool though if he got involved because, like, obviously being a Indiana alum uh-huh. and stuff, and he loves rugby. It's just like it'd be cool if he yeah. somehow got involved. It's like yeah. he's a smart businessman. He probably knows it's not a good. Well, there's probably a reason why he yeah. hasn't touched it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the thing too. Part of me is thinking like, should we cut this whole ending out? Because like, <laughs> it's golly, it's all sad. It's it, all sad. Yeah, we got pumped like, oh, there's the MLR news. Is like, sucks, man. Yeah, it's not exactly not all of it's good news. I mean. Santa's not real. Like, yeah. But I mean, like, a potential Chicago team, though, that is pretty huge, though. Wait I would it. definitely go watch. You know, you're bringing it around. I love it. Yeah. Chicago, 
I read somewhere one time they're like, oh, those Chicago sea otters. And I'm like, that's nah. so stupid, but I love it. I don't sea know. Sea otters? What would you name the Chicago rugby oh, team? Because they've already have they already have like 30 teams in Chicago. What would your Chicago like? How would you let's to end this podcast? Let's end this. Okay, you are in charge of the marketing for Chicago. (laughs) What is the name and what are the colors? How are you going here? Oh my god, that's hard, dude. Mm -hmm. So like I'd want to copy a little bit for the Bears, but like those uh or like the orange jerseys I got, you know. Okay. I like those colors. And if they're coming from the Gilgronies, yeah, they already have that orange. That, yeah. But you could add in some navy. But also the New York New York rugby, they are the same colors, navy and orange. Yeah, that's true. Because I think they're kind of copying the Mets a little bit yeah. and the Knicks. Man, you also I... have the Cubs and the White Sox in there too. And the Bulls. A lot of different colors. Hmm. Do you go red? Maybe you could. You know, God, I'm trying to think of the like, what was your mascot be? Mm-hmm. Like, what's something important to Chicago? Uh, that also other people because they like their Lizzies, <laughs> the Chicago dogs, Chicago dogs, and then it's just a hot dog. It's a Chicago dog, the Chicago dogs, and the logo is a hot dog. Because I do feel like as a rugby team, you cannot be like uh, you know, like the Bulldogs. You cannot yeah. be the Tigers. Like you have to be something, be something good. Wild. Yeah. Something fun. The Chicago like, dogs. Chicago and... dogs, Chicago Charlemagne's, whatever the hell that is. What is that? I don't even know what Charlemagne is, but I've heard the word a couple of times. That's the name of like a rapper. Charlemagne. Yeah, it or is. Or the Charlemagne the God. The no, okay. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Is that right? Jeremy yeah. always talks about him, right? Thanks. He has a radio show on. on... Oh, yeah, yeah. Charlemagne. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I was like trying to think of who you're talking about. Name a rugby team after. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like too. You'd want to go like way different color combos. Yeah. Um, I guess too. Oh, man, dude, I don't know. I can't think of really anything that would be real. Yeah. Catchy people. People listening to this because I feel like our brains are still broken from the weekend. Yeah. Uh, what are your ideas? What should Chicago do? What would you name Chicago? Maybe I'll put like a little social media interaction. Like I'll post like. New MLR team in Chicago. What would you name it? What would the colors be? Who would be the first person you sign? I don't know. We'll never know. Joshua Detar. No, we need him. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, I think I think we're good. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. How you feeling? Good, you. 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 Fresh legs, fresh legs, fresh legs.